Hey friends, Harrison here, and I cannot believe it's been a few years since we started this podcast. One of the things that we get asked about a ton is what training plan should I follow? And so we've decided to develop our own and get it into an app that you can download. So if you're looking for a plan that's interactive, that you can not only see which miles to run, but which strength exercises to do and watch videos and be able to have a checklist system that will literally walk you through the plan and help you keep track of your progress, we've got you covered. Go ahead and click on the link in the description to get started. You're going to have a seven-day free trial. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think, and good luck. Have fun out there, guys. Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, I got a quiet place in the house for hopefully another five, 10 minutes. So uh, let's jump right in. I wanna tell you guys about New York City. I know it's been a little while. Life's been crazy lately. Uh, I I think that that's just the way that our life will be, just knowing Mo and I. Um, That's, I guess, our personality types. We always have stuff going on, both for us and for the kids. Uh, Work's been really busy. and believe it or not, we're in the middle of selling our current house and buying a different house. So it's kind of this never-ending cycle, but um, it keeps life fun and interesting. So uh, I have a few minutes to, to tell you guys about New York City and uh, why it was such an amazing race in, in both the good and bad ways. Um, what I want to do is tell you just kind of in summary, all the good, the bad, my experience as uh, being as real as I can be. Um, You know, I don't want to come on here and say, oh my gosh, it was the most amazing thing I've ever done. It really was one of the most amazing things I've done, but not in the ways that you might, um, you might expect. So in summary, I'm going to tell you that the crowds and the views were second to none. They were amazing. They, They truly were. It was awesome. Um, it was the hardest race I've ever done, period. Uh, harder than the half Ironman, harder than any triathlon, any other marathon that I've done. Um, I will say that triathlon training does not translate to marathon training, period. I mean, there's some, obviously the conditioning translates, but I'll jump into this more as we go on. And lastly, in summary, this course was tough. <laughs> it was really, really, really tough. So let's jump in from the very, very beginning, the trip, 
the trip out to New York. Uh, I wanted to get to New York City before my family, just to get kind of coming from the West. I wanted to get my sleeping patterns down. Wanted to make sure that uh, you know I wasn't having a, a jet lag or however they say that when you're going from one side of the country to the other. So um, I was actually on a business trip in Detroit. And so I just went straight from Detroit to New York City a couple days before the race. And I stayed in a sketchy Airbnb. Uh, it was, I don't even remember what neighborhood it was in, but it was like my wingspan from tip of one hand to the other tip, you know, stretching out my arms, I could touch both walls. It was just a bed. And uh, the host was nice. He He was from another country and his English wasn't great. And sometimes the things that he would say through the app were like, oh man, what am I getting myself into? Like when I landed the plane, he said, take a taxi and get here immediately. And I was like, whoa, that was jarring. And I think that in his translation from his language, it probably wasn't meant to come across that way. So um, but anyways, that was a whole another story for another day. Stayed in that little Airbnb, just literally slept there. And then, um, oh, and it was six flights of stairs with no elevator. So I'm like, okay, I got all my luggage uh, for a week in New York City, and I'm going to be climbing six flights of stairs. Hopefully my legs aren't messed up for the race. Um, of course, they wouldn't be from just that. But then the next day, uh, my family got in town. We went to our Airbnb that we were going to be staying in all week. And the reason we stayed a week was because uh, Mo's cousin was actually getting married in New York City. So uh, we we had a a wedding a week after the race. So we stayed all week and got some work done, hung out, went to see some sites, had some good food. It was, it was awesome. Um, so yeah, we, we checked into our Airbnb and then I went to the expo that day. And, uh, this expo was unlike anything I've ever seen. You know, the biggest race I've ever done was probably the Mesa marathon prior to this. And I think the Mesa marathon has a couple thousand runners. Um, so multiply that by like 25. I mean, there were 50,000 marathoners. It was, it was incredible. The expo was massive. I mean, they had multiple days of the expo. You could pick the day and time that you wanted to go, but you, you had to pick, like they couldn't afford to have everybody try to pile in, you know, the day before or, or whatever. So they wanted to make sure that it was all kind of segmented. Um, so that was, that was a unique expo experience. I bought a, a New York City jacket that I love. And, uh, you know, that's always kind of an awkward feeling when you're, you're, you're trying to buy a piece of merchandise for a race that you haven't yet finished. And there's always going to be that doubt, like, am I even going to finish this race? So I, I, if you have that feeling, I, I empathize with you, but just buy the thing you're going to finish and, and let that be motivation to, to kind of help carry you through. So uh, yeah, the expo was great. And then the next day it was time for the race. So I chose the 5 a.m. Midtown bus. So it left from uh, Bryant Park, I believe was the name of the, the, the park in Midtown. And it was 5 a.m. So I got there at like 4.30. So I, I woke up at probably three o'clock in the morning. I, I didn't want to be late. And I was going to take the subway down. We were staying in Chelsea and, uh, or I should say up. But I, I went down, you know, I went down the stairs, went and looked at the screen and the subway said it was like 25 minutes away because I guess it wasn't on its regular schedule that early in the morning. And I said, you know what, this is not going to work. Uh, I don't want to risk being late for the bus. So 
I ran to the corner of the street and called an Uber and I was there in five minutes, 10 minutes. It, it was, a, it was a great ride. Uh, so I got to the line and everybody literally lined up in the street. All the, the whole street was blocked off. Um, and, and my understanding is there's multiple areas. You could take a, a ferry, you could take, um, I don't know what other transportation options there were, but the Midtown bus was the best lo location wise for where I was staying. And so we got on the bus right at five o'clock and we're, you know, riding out to Staten Island and, uh, we get there and it, it really wasn't that long. It was maybe a 25, 30 minute ride and we get out there and I had to go to the bathroom and and so I noticed that there was a bathroom on the bus and I didn't know I've never been to a world major race so I had no idea what the I can't remember what they call it the runner village or the something village uh I had no idea what that would be like and I didn't realize if there would you know if there'd be a lot of bathrooms or if it'd be like long lines and whatnot so I went and walked to the back of the bus when the bus stopped you know we were kind of waiting there for a few minutes to get off uh, before they they let us off and I, I open up, I go to the bathroom and I'm going and all of a sudden the bus starts moving and I'm like, oh shoot. So I like hurry up and I, I bolt out the door and I realize the driver was already leaving. Like, I, and I'm not kidding, from the time I entered the bus or the, the bathroom and everyone was seated to the time that the driver started driving, it couldn't have been more than 15, 20 seconds. And I'm like, okay, maybe it was like 20 or 30 seconds, but I, I underestimated that marathoners are quick <laughs> and like they got off the bus so fast and the driver laughed and I laughed and I just kind of ran up and caught up with my group. And so we went through security, they had metal detectors and everything. I went to, uh, you know, the, where all the village was and I was shocked at how huge it was. There were different colors. Like I was in the blue group, there was an orange group, there was all these different paths and different, you know, ways to take. There were signs telling you go this way, go that way. I had no idea where to go. So I just started walking in one direction and there was a lady next to me, super friendly. She was walking in that direction. And I just said, Hey, uh, are you, are you, are you going to the, the blue village? Are you, uh, such and such wave? And she said, yep. And, and it turns out we were just two, we were in the same wave, but two, uh, groups uh, apart. Um, so anyways, we followed each other. We found a spot to sit down. It was probably 545 in the morning. They were passing out like they had Gatorade, coffee, water. Um, they had these cool Dunkin' Donuts beanies, which the day was hot. So nobody needed them. Uh, I'm not kidding. But it was 530 in the morning and it was probably 50 degrees and humid or 60 degrees and humid. It was it wasn't hot, but it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was early. The sun hadn't come out yet. It, there was, it was not cold. It was not chilly at all. And, uh, so anyways, we sit down on a curb and she puts down like a, I think she brought like a garbage bag to not get wet and she puts it down and I, and she invites me to sit next to her and, and we're just chatting and no joke. We sat there from close to 6am to like 839 when the wave was like lining up, getting started. So, I mean, I'm talking like two and a half, three hours that we're just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting for this for this to start. And I think that messed with me a little bit. I'm not used to, you know, none of the races I've done have I had to kind of, you know, wait that long ahead of time. And you're just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just that I had already eaten and, and, you know, now I 
was just wasting calories or, or what, but that kind of messed with me a little bit. Um, and then, so we're sitting there and all of a sudden it's time to line up. So we get up and we, we line up and go with our corrals. And uh, this, this lady was, I think, corral C and I was corral D. And just a quick note on, on that. Um, when you sign up for the race, you have to put what your projected time is. Well, my fastest marathon was, I think, a, a, was a 327. And I put that, I would finish in 320. Not knowing anything about the course, not knowing anything about my conditioning. And uh, <laughs> so I ended up... Uh, I ended up totally overestimating or I guess underestimating where I would finish up. And because of that, they put me in a really good wave. So I was in the first wave, uh, 9 a.m. versus I think the last wave started at like 11 a.m., which was crazy. There's just that many runners. And so it was a blessing in disguise. I mean, I feel bad because I feel like I kind of cheated the system, although it wasn't intentional. I truly thought I would be at like a 320 by that point. I'll tell you when I finished uh, here at the end of this episode. But um, yeah, so it put me in a really good corral. I got to start basically at the beginning and uh, we lined up and walked over to this, the bottom of the Verrazano Bridge and we started, I think it was right around 9 or 9.15, 9.30, somewhere in that ballpark. There was, you know, the national anthem and uh, the elites went off. The I think before that, the um, the wheelchair racers went off. And then our... our, our uh, wave went off shortly after that. So, you know, you start and and you're on this this bridge and it is no joke about a mile uphill and then a mile downhill. So what you went up, you then go down. And uh, I've done races where it, it has a, an incline towards the beginning, but I'm just going to say this. Normally in a marathon, I don't start breaking a sweat. I don't start feeling like like my legs are burning, you know, kind of that, that my legs are really working hard. I don't start feeling that until much later in the race, eight, 10 miles in, five miles in, something like that. I will tell you from the second I started this race going up that hill on that bridge, I was feeling it. And it was an odd feeling. I was like, whoa, like usually mile one and mile two, I'm feeling awesome. Like I'm feeling on top of the world. Why am I feeling so like, just like I'm working, you know, and and it was just an odd feeling. And so I, you know, I know a lot of people have similar stories to that when they talk about this year's, you know, 2022 New York City Marathon. Um, I'll tell you this much. The heat was, uh, it was tough. I mean, it wasn't like hot, like Arizona hot when you step outside and you feel like your face is melting, but it was just humid. Like you, you never really felt cool. You never really felt like you were, you know, like typical fall running weather, you know, where it's 50 degrees and dry. And I mean, it was humid and 70 degrees somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, it was like, it might have even been high 60s, but either way, um, it was it was tough. I mean, coming out of a, a really dry place with no hills to going to a, a very hilly course with lots of humidity, um, it just made for a really tough course. And And there were many bridges like that. I think there were probably at least three or four bridges that you had to run up and then down. And then there was a part towards the end of the race where you were running next to Central Park and you're literally running uphill for two, maybe two and a half miles. And that was tough. And that was, I think, mile 20, 21, somewhere in that ballpark, 22 maybe. So it's safe to say, I mean, it was a really tough course. Um, 
but let's talk about the the good. Let's talk about what I loved. The the crowds were absolutely incredible. If you live in New York City, you, you're not a runner, or you are, but you like to be a spectator. Thank you for being out there. It was so much fun to see everybody, see all the different cultures and the different neighborhoods. You know, I I really appreciated that. People out there with their flags, with their treats. I mean, people handing out, like there was one guy with a table full of boxes and boxes of gummy bears. I mean, just passing them out. People just going out of their way to be so kind and helpful to the runners. Uh, lots of bands, a lot of uh, just music. Uh, it felt like this when you're at like a high school uh, football game or something like that or a, a sporting event of some sort and people are just cheering like someone scores a touchdown and everyone's cheering. It felt like that but for 26 miles straight. I will say there were some neighborhoods in Brooklyn uh, where it was dead silent and they were these were religious groups, you know, um, attending church and all of that. And it, it was really cool to see that there was kind of these different cultures within one city, you know, and you had um, different sections where people were very, uh, you know, uh, loud and happy and excited. And then other neighborhoods where it was very reverent. And um, that was that was fun to experience. But overall, it was just a lot of fun you know, to have, to see all the crowds, you know, when I first entered into Brooklyn coming off the bridge, there was a police officer right there in his whole gear and his Brooklyn accent, you know, welcome to Brooklyn kind of thing. And that, that was cool. Um, sorry for, for butchering my Brooklyn accent. Uh, and then, you know, there was, uh, there was some awesome views. You could see everything in New York city. I mean, you got to see, coming off the Verrazano bridge, you could see the whole skyline of Manhattan and then, you know, just being in the neighborhoods. That was a lot of fun. But I'll say, um, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to sugarcoat what happened. I mean, it was really, really tough. Sometimes the crowds were overwhelming. It was like, you know what? I'd like to crawl up, curl up in a ball and 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 shut out all the noise for about five minutes and just take a break from the noise because it, it just got it just got to be a little bit much. And I'm just being real. Like, I hope that doesn't come across as, uh, you know, me being um I don't know, uh, spoiled or prideful or selfish or whatever word you want to use. I just, um, I think it was around, around mile 18. I just was a little overwhelmed by everything. And inevitably, you know, every race that I do, there comes a, a short window of time where I'm like really questioning my performance and my ability to do this. And that happened right around mile 18 or 16, somewhere in there. And I just really was like, the noise was getting to me. I was tired. I was hot. I was dripping in water. You know, I'd been pouring water all over my, my head the whole day. Um, but anyways, I mean, that's kind of, that was kind of the worst of it. Um, I, I will say this, you know, I, I mentioned at the very beginning that I don't think triathlon training translates to marathon training. And here's what I mean by that. So I didn't do any marathon training specifically for this race because I had my half Ironman three weeks before it. And I said, okay, well that race will be my sort of peak, you know, when you do a marathon training cycle and you get up to that 20, 21 mile run, that's going to be my half Ironman, even though it's only a half marathon run. It's, you know, preceded by a swim and, and um, cycling. And if you want to hear more about that event, you can pull up that episode. But um, I, I thought, and this was kind of an experiment. So if you're experimenting with the same thing, take take this from me. I thought that because I would be able to uh, endure a five hour race in the half Ironman, that I should easily be able to endure a three and a half, four hour marathon. And I did, of course I finished, but 
here's what you're missing when you're when you're not training 30, 40, 50, 60 miles and whatever your number is. I know everybody's at a different level when they're training for a marathon and they're hitting different mileage numbers. Um, and by all means, don't take this as, uh, oh, I need to go out and run more mileage. Like run what your plan or what your coach tells you to run. But, you know, I, I was not running anywhere near 40 miles a week, 35 miles a week. I mean, I was probably peaking at 20 to 25 miles a week. And what you're missing is that sort of, for lack of a better term, callousing your legs, your knees, your joints, your muscles, your your running muscles. You know what I mean? Like you're, when you're running a consistent 16, 18, 20 mile run on the weekends, it takes a, it's a whole new level of endurance in your muscles. Um, you know, cardiovascularly, I was great. I was, I could, I could have endured another couple hours. That's no problem. But it was my legs that gave in. I, I just didn't have it in my legs. They, after mile 18, they were done. I mean, they were done. I had to walk more than I've walked in any race. I actually, uh, I finished with a, a four, four hours and I think maybe 12 or 14 minutes somewhere in that ballpark. I, I really don't even remember the time at this point. Um, and, and I, and I'm really proud of my time because, um, I know it's individual, but I, I also know that the effort level that I put in was harder than any race that I've done. So, um, I was just a little disappointed in myself that I did worse than my first marathon but then when I look back, the course conditions were much more difficult. I didn't train for this like I did before. Um, and it was really an experiment. Maybe my body wasn't fully recovered from that half Ironman, you know. So there's a lot of different factors. But what I'll say is if you're considering, you know, tr- doing a marathon and a triathlon kind of in the same season, if you can, try to space them out and train for each one individually if possible. Like get a little more specific when it's closer to the marathon and running. And then when you're getting closer to your triathlon, get a little more specific, you know, in swimming and cycling and all of that. So hopefully that's helpful to people who are juggling the two sports. Um, again, I'm, I'm a beginner. I still consider myself a beginner, maybe intermediate at this point. I don't know. I, I think I'm pretty beginner, but I, I have some experiences that I, I can share, right. From my, from, from my few years of doing this and I'm happy to share that with anybody who, who needs help you know, reach out to us on Instagram. Uh, we would love to to hear from you. Uh, Mo right now is training for the Mesa Marathon. We're really excited about that. Um, she is uh, she's excited for that race. Um, but but yeah, I mean that's uh, that's pretty much my experience running New York City. If you're thinking about doing it, do it. It was awesome. I'm so glad to have that medal. And I want to do all six major marathons. Um, I would love to do London and Tokyo and Berlin and Chicago and Boston, of course. I just, um, you know, I, I wish if I could go back and do it all again, I, I, uh, I I wouldn't change anything, right? I, I'm not someone who has regrets, but knowing what I know now, I probably would have spent more time running and maybe less time cycling. Um, and so that way I was really trained for the marathon and I, I still think the running, extra running would have helped me in my triathlon. So so there you have it, folks. Uh, New York City, awesome race. I had an amazing time, even though it was the hardest race I've ever done. I'm just going to say this. The miles 20 through 26 were completely miserable. I mean, I've never felt my legs be in so much pain before. Uh, but here's what I'm going to say. 
when you get in the habit of running races, marathons, triathlons, whatever it is that you do, and you do them consistently, you're going to bounce back so much faster. I was sore for a day, two days, but then I was like ready to go. My, my body was, I felt completely recovered after just a handful of days. And that's never happened to me before, despite how difficult the race was. So I'm really excited about that. You know, uh, 2023, I don't think I'm going to do a, a marathon this coming year. I think I'm going to focus on, uh, I, I'm doing another half Ironman, the same race that I did this past year. I'm doing again in 2023. I've got my eyes set on a full Ironman. I'm putting this out in the universe in 2024. Um, that will depend on our family life and, you know, whether or not we have another baby. Um, I shouldn't reveal too much. We're, we're not pregnant, uh, but, <laughs> uh, you know, we would like to have another baby at this point. So depending on how all that goes, that, that plan may change, but I think I'm going to take a step back, really recover, um, really let some of these niggles that I've had for a while in, in my knee and, um, you know, my right leg has been giving me some issues for a while. So I'm really going to try to just focus this time on building strength and, uh, try not to blow up like a balloon and, uh, just, just really build some good strength before I get back into my, um, training cycle for, this half iron man. So thanks for tuning in everybody. Always appreciate you listening and have an awesome day. Follow us on Instagram at crummy marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out and please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this running journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify, searching B-R-E-K-K. -K.